It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello and welcome to the Indie Incursions podcast. My name is Vaughn Hyde, and I'm joined by my good friends Alex and Josh, and we're here to talk about some indie games. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, how about yourself? Pretty fantastic. This is an exciting day. It's our first episode ever of the Indie Incursions podcast. As far as I've seen, there's not a whole lot of indie games podcasts out there, so I'm kind of excited about this. Yeah, it is exciting. Yeah, me too. I mean, one of the best things about this, uh, especially for myself, uh, is I fucking love indie games in general. And uh, I think this is a great way to force myself to become better with reading that news and figuring this stuff out. Um, but it's there's so much out there, and there's so many you know different developers and different studios that uh, this will help get some shine some light on, you know. And uh, I just think it's going to be a really good thing. At least I have to agree. I mean, I, I I've always enjoyed the indie games, but uh, I've always missed so many of them until they became big, like Wander Song recently real quiet and then it blew up and i know it's in the top 30 on the uh, nintendo eShop right now which is just huge for them yeah i follow uh wonder song on twitter and every couple of days it's like oh yeah we got a new spot now we're at 24 now we're at 23 I'm like that's pretty exciting i have yet to play it yet i know that you guys have have uh, dabbled or at least i think josh has dabbled in it but it looks pretty amazing I'm excited about it. Yeah, I definitely, um, I've had some time to take a look at it just because I took a plane ride the other day and, uh, you know, I needed a new game. So I figured why not give it a shot? I uh, heard some good things about it. And, uh, you know, it's it's really, it's, it's honestly, it's the story. It's so compelling. It really, really grabs you and keeps you going. Um, but I definitely, I would recommend it for sure without going, you know, too deep into it right now. It's definitely worth the purchase. What are you talking about? This is obviously a spoiler cast. I said that. Let's just get deep and heavy into the narrative of Wonder Song. Just ruin it for everybody two minutes into this podcast. <laughs> I I really love the, the entire idea of it's just a bard. You're a bard who saves the world a song. You're not some jack dude with a sword or anything like that. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, and they play into that so, so hard. So one of the main, like... Uh, your enemies, so to speak, is the hero of the game, who is the sword-wheeling uh, person who is defeating all of the, uh, so to speak, enemies that are in the game that you're trying to save, um, trying to keep it spoiler light. But basically, you're going through there, and they're constantly reminding you that you are just a bard. All you can do is sing. You know, the, your power is really friendship and uh, basically 
kindness in the world. So it's it's such a different take on a game's perspective of the general run through a dungeon, kill some demons, you win, um, which is really refreshing. Um, but not even that, it's just it gives a lot of room for the focus of the game to be more about the narrative itself. That's pretty exciting. I actually didn't know that there was a hero in the game at all or that they ridiculed you for just being obsessed with song. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. So, I mean... Oh, no, go ahead. No, I wasn't going to say say that. (laughs) That was me. (laughs) That definitely um, seems like a pretty strong shift in games and and kind of... I'd love to have a chat with... uh, I believe it's Greg is the creator of the game. Um, I'd love to have a chat with him about some of his inspirations because I know a lot of people grow up kind of being that other person, not being the hero necessarily, the one who fights or anything like that, but they just have other interests. So it's really interesting to see a game actually embrace that as opposed to put you in the hero's role when you might not relate to that hero at all. Well said. (laughs) I really don't have anything to add to that. Uh, So obviously this is the start of the podcast. This isn't just us rambling. Uh, we're going to start off the episode, every episode of the podcast, just kind of casually getting into it, talking about what we're playing. Obviously, Josh is playing Wonder Song. That's the, the whole point of us, you know, going on a tangent about this. Uh, what, are, what are you playing, Alex? Uh, I've been playing Soul Blight from My Next Games. Um, it's their first release, and it is actually kind of the other side of that coin. You play as a, an unnamed hero going into this dungeon and trying to kill everything in your path for the most part. Um, it's a top-down roguelike, um, which definitely takes some influences from Dark Souls. Um, and I won't lie, I have yet to beat any of the bosses. It is absolutely brutal in that aspect. Yeah, it seems like a pain in the ass. I watched the uh, I watched the trailer for it, and I was like, wow. This definitely seems like a game I probably won't play, but man, it looks cool. <laughs> I'm not good with the Souls-esque like, roguelike games. I'm just kind of anus at them, so I just leave it alone. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's obnoxious. <laughs> That's pretty much where I'm at with that. I never got into the Dark Soul uh, whole franchise or series of those type of games. They're just... It's kind of too much for me. I'm the type of player who uh, I love a good challenge in certain aspects. Usually it's more with the platformer elements. Um, but games where it's just, it's made to be disgustingly tough. I just, I just, I can't do it, man. I rage way too hard and it is not good for me. Yeah, it's, it's rage-inducing for sure. Um, I've made it to all three of the what I assume are the first tier of bosses. I imagine there's some kind of final boss that will cause me endless amounts of pain. Um, but every time that you get to one of these bosses, uh, you, you're, you're already so beat up from the journey there that they're just it's it seems impossible. So I have this kind of... I, I had this with Bloodborne as well, where... I keep getting these little bits of the story, so I keep coming back to play more, and then I keep getting infuriated by it. It's this horrible, toxic cycle that I'm going through where I need to beat this game, but the game will not let me win. (laughs) Speaking of uh, Souls-like and just indie games in general, did you guys ever, have you ever played Titan Souls? I have played Titan Souls. That was a pretty tough game. I 
did like that a lot better, though. Have you ever played it, Alex? Uh, I played about 20 minutes of it before I was done with that game. Um, admittedly, my computer was also done with that game. It, it, it's an old computer now, so it was not taking it very well. But good lord, that is a, a behemoth of a game. That one arrow mechanic just... I could not get that to work in my favor at any point in time. <laughs> it's yeah. it's pretty amazing, uh, especially because you could do the bosses like entirely out of order, which I really liked. So I ended up going into uh, there's a boss that's a just a mask, and you have to hit it from behind. And I couldn't figure out how to do it because no matter what you do, every time you try to move around it, it faces you. And I was like, what the. F- how the hell do I kill this boss? And it turns out I had to shoot my arrow around it and then retrieve it to hit it in the back. But the the coolest part about the game is that you don't like you only have one arrow, but you only actually have to hit a boss once and then they're dead. So it kind of helps you out, or at least, yeah, it makes it's you an think interesting it's game. helping out. <laughs> yeah, really, it's just a pain in the ass in general. There's, I, I know that if anybody's actually listening to this, which cross my fingers they are, they're like, man, these guys are bitches. <laughs> Dark Souls. Can't do nothing. <laughs> yeah, I played... I think I know which boss you're talking about. Wasn't that... It was like a Yeti or some kind of ice demon thing that you had to shoot in the back? <sighs> Something like that. Um, I remember vaguely because that was the enemy that I... I <sighs> remember so vividly just because i must have done that guy like a hundred times before i got him um the only thing that really kept me going and this is kind of the thing that i i think generally you need for these kind of games is i had a buddy who we ended up buying it at the same time and literally just were on like you know discord at the same time talking about fighting those bosses and basically kind of so to speak, rushing against one another, racing to see who would be able to get farther quicker. Yeah, I did yeah, not that, have that. <laughs> that helps a lot. That, <laughs> that competitiveness uh, can make or break those games for sure. All my friends, the way they play these games is just to run in and kill people, and they're, they are just naturally skilled at these games, and I am <laughs> definitely not. So they run in and just two hand like in in dark souls 3 i like no joke my roommate he just runs in with an axe holding it with two hands and just kills stuff he doesn't worry about rolling or anything he just kills stuff like what how's it even possible some people just have the gift i hate those people yeah they suck (laughs) i i I definitely do not have that gift and i remember bloodborne just to bring that back real quick that was the only game that's a Souls series game that I could even tolerate for more than the first third of the game, um, mainly because it was faster. You could almost just run in and, and kill them even if you didn't have that innate timing and rhythm to counteract most of the bosses. Yeah, it was more about just speed than necessarily like memorizing boss patterns. Mm-hmm. Which, however much anime, like isekai, I think is what it's called, the the type of anime where it's like a, a person going into a new world, um, however much those like make you think that you need to memorize boss patterns, I have literally never memorized a boss pattern in my life. I just do it. <laughs> it almost never happens. But uh, yeah, you guys are playing these amazing indie games, and I'm playing a really good indie game. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. It's, 
It's called Skyrim. Uh, it's it's not very popular. People don't really like it. I, the man is just I, fantastic. I, I don't know about that one. Yeah, right. right? Tell us more. I mean, okay, so get this. You play this guy, and he has the soul of a dragon. Now, I know that sounds like really just, it sounds like it's not that cool of a thing, but you can, I mean, you kill dragons. That's the most of it. There's definitely nothing else you do in that game but kill dragons. No additional quests or anything. Yeah, so it's really fun. It's exciting. I enjoy it. So let me ask you this. It sounds like uh... Hold up, hold up. The real question is... (laughs) Are you playing it on the Alexa? <laughs> That's a great question. I'm not. I'm playing it on PS4, but man, if I had just known about the Alexa beforehand, even though that I feel like it's listening to me all the time and I unplugged it, that I, I definitely would have oh. yeah, oh, played it, it on the Alexa. It definitely is. Um, I have a story about that, actually. So that thing is always constantly listening. I know this isn't really game-related, but um, the Amazon Alexa is really crazy. Um, because it is constantly tracking what you're saying and will try to read if it's a command that it needs to listen to. And what I realized uh, a little bit later into owning one is you can actually find an audio file of every single time you've talked to the Alexa and what it thought you were trying to tell it to do. So if, if you have one, and I know there's a lot of people that do, and they're like, uh, you know, Alexa will just start talking and it'll say like, hey, I don't know this song or I can't do that. If you're ever wondering what that's from, you can find that recording of everything you've ever said. And it's super creepy. <laughs> that is terrifying. I'm, I'm glad I have mine unplugged. After the whole children's laughter thing that was going on with those, I was like, nope, I'm done. No more. <laughs> I think the creepiest part about that is you could suppose if if what you're saying is right, you could see what it thought you meant to do. So you're just going through and you're like, what? Murder somebody? (laughs) What's happening? Like, it's basically the it's the beginning of Skynet. Let's be real. It's going to be like, yeah, my owner wanted me to murder somebody. So I caused a car accident or something. Who knows? I don't know. I'm I mean, not excited. We're at a we're at a very low point uh, of technology for that, so I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. But uh, we'll see. The world's a possibility. Alexa, cut my Tesla's brake lines. <laughs> okay, that's an odd thing to request, but I guess I'll do it. <laughs> well, now that we got through what we're playing, I know you guys are really excited uh, to talk about the news. So uh, for our first. Oh, shit. I didn't know you were that excited. God. For our first news story, we're over at Kotaku. Uh, I would love to say this guy's name. His name is Luke Plunkett. I was going to say, but I can't read it, but that's an excessively easy name to read, so I'm just going to go with it. Uh, We've got a report. uh, New Nintendo Switch models are coming in 2019. How do you guys feel about this? So it's basically just... uh, the Wall Street Journal reported that Nintendo will be introducing a new version of this popular Switch console next year. Um, I don't think, as far as this article goes, and I'm assuming the Wall Street Journal's article, I don't think it gets into any specifics, whether it's one with a larger screen or undockable, which are two theories. What, what do you guys think is going to happen with this uh, this new Switch model, if it even happens? 
You go ahead, Josh. Okay, so first off, let me just rant for a second, because I am so tired of every time I buy a console, it seems that that's exactly when the company needs to do their newest release. It's happened to me for almost every console, including just the uh, recent ones, the PS4, and then immediately announcing the PS4 Pro, and now the Nintendo Switch, I just bought this just a, a few months ago, and now immediately we're getting news that a new Switch is coming. So first off, I need to wait longer or buy sooner to stop this from happening. And second off, what actually I think is going to come out is they need to do Bluetooth because everyone is complaining about it. If you go through the forums of any Nintendo Switch, um, as far as the device goes, everyone wants Bluetooth. They want their wireless headsets. Um, specifically, I do because I'm tired of having to carry two headphones every time I travel with my Switch. Second, probably, uh, or I guess third, but second for the actual device, I think they'll probably do a larger storage uh, device because right now it's only 32 gigs, uh, if I'm not mistaken, which is surprisingly pretty low for most of the consoles that are out there nowadays. Um, and then third, I think is, as everyone else is saying, they'll probably do a little bit of better with the uh, screen and the actual processor of the device. Um, as far as crazy other things that I've heard, some of them are things like the, the actual device either being smaller or bigger. Um, depending on which way people want it. Because um, some are saying, oh, why not make it closer to a 3D, uh, 3DS and do away with the, the line for 3DS, which I think is still crazy, but we'll see. Um, but there's there's a lot of things that are out here. Everything is up in the air. And, you know, it could be everything that I just said actually doesn't get thrown in there. I'm not really sure. Um, we'll have to see, I guess. I, I'm really interested in it. Um, Alex, what do you think? Are there any others that I might not have mentioned uh, that you're thinking of? Um, I mean, I haven't read too much about it yet. I've, I've been very occupied the last couple days. But my personal hope is that they would take the 3D screen from the 3DS and just blow it up, make it bigger for the Switch. That would, you know, of course, drive the price up to $400, I'm sure. But, um, I mean... it. It seems inevitable at this point. We've gotten into this kind of two-model minimum for for this generation of consoles. Um, the Wii U didn't have it. The Wii didn't have it. But the Xbox One and then the Xbox One S. And I think, is there even a third Xbox One that I'm not remembering right now? Xbox One X. Xbox One X as well, yeah. And then, of course, you have the PS4 and the PS4 Pro. Um, I think it's a little silly that they do this just take the hardware ideas push them back another four or five years and make the next console even better um but i mean at this point i'm just hoping it drives down the price of the original joy cons i hope they put some new controllers on there so i can get some joy cons for cheaper than 70 dollars a pair um but yeah it's gonna be compatible i'm not gonna buy it it's interesting but it's it's like i said a little bit silly in my opinion unless they slap a 3d screen on it and make games for it specifically while keeping it backwards compatible i don't really see the appeal personally what i honestly just truly hope happens is they introduce third joystick that some games require but here's the thing you, yeah, you just you can't play those games if you have the normal Switch. That's that's what I truly hope happens. 
I'm dead. They have to put it on the bottom, just like a, a Nintendo 64 controller, right on the bottom center of the actual centerpiece. We might as well make this the second most uncomfortable console to use in in just your lifetime. Yeah, that that's basically my thought process with Nintendo and iterative consoles. I'm I'm not super excited for it seems like the eventuality of iterative consoles, so just consistently getting like there's this uh, this rumor going around that the games industry is or at least the hardware industry that side of the games industry um is going to i guess either evolve or devolve into just like cell phones every time uh every year you got a new one and you can upgrade to the new one or you could stay with the old one i i honestly do not want that to happen um and i I don't know if I'm in the minority or majority with that. I just don't want it to happen. I'm like, yeah, let's. I, could you just put out a console that plays the video games and I just won't have to worry about it? Because I'm still on my, like, standard PS4 and I bought my Nintendo Switch day one. I, I kind of sad that I haven't played it that much. I should probably, but I don't play it that much. But I also have an original Xbox one. I don't necessarily need to upgrade because I'm not a whore for graphics, but... Yeah, I just I hope iterative consoles don't become a thing. That's that's my whole thought process on that. I mean, yes and no. I'm okay with it depending on what kind of content is changing in that iterative <laughs> step. So, if this is something that from a hardware perspective we wouldn't be able to get like um you know certain certain upgrades to graphics i'm not really that crazy about but with the switch it being its portable uh you know self there's a lot of different things that nintendo will generally do with new types of you know wacky different things like the wiimote for example is the biggest you know innovation that nintendo did in uh that gaming part to change up who they are as a company really is a lot of their games they use those you know wacky controls to try and find some new way for people to play if there's new advancements to those kind of things that add maybe some new element to a game i'm okay with it i think it's it's good because from a process of creation generally iterations are going to help them find out what people like and what they don't like a lot quicker um but at the same time, I also don't want to have to buy each one every single time. And it's one of those things where uh, even if it does, it's not going to be the worst. It's just people are always going to be on different systems. And it's going to really suck for the people who are on the lowest side if a game developer has to use something at, you know, what happens when the Nintendo Switch, this version, doesn't work with another because a game is just too advanced for it. Um, I think a lot of people lose out, but it really depends. Obviously, they're a gaming company that is developing something. They want money. At the end of the day, they're a business, so they're going to go the way that gets them money. I, I think uh, at the end of the day, what we all really want out of a new Nintendo Switch model is Wii Sports 2. We just all want to play tennis again with our friends and play bowling again. I mean, yeah, but you don't need a new console for that unless they're going to make... No, not even that. They would just make new devices. I was just thinking of stupid, like, racket-looking Wiimotes. But what if... It's going to come with a... You made a whole new console just for it. That would be pretty dope. I mean, I would be totally in. I would buy it just to play Kendo. It comes... 
It comes with a whole bowling alley, a kendo arena, a tennis court. It comes with everything for the low, low price of sixty-five grand. I mean, how could you not? You basically just buy a resort. You just bought a yeah, gym. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I mean... You're like, wow, Nintendo, you guys are really up in your game on this one. I can't believe it. I guess that's kind of what the Nintendo theme park is for, so no big deal. <laughs> so for our next story, we are heading over to IGN. Uh, it isn't necessarily an interesting article. It's not even really an article. It's just them talking about how uh, Headliner Nova News basically got a release date. Uh, it's going to be October 23rd, 2018. Um, Nova News is a short bias adventure where you control national news and its impact on your career, society, and family. Control the news, control the truth, share your story, and see what the headliner before you did. I, it's that's a weird game to put out in our day and age where like fake news is the response to everything. I don't know how this is gonna go. I, it's interesting, but that is coming out on October 23rd. Are you guys excited? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but that's mainly because it's a game where I can make all the worst decisions I can to destroy that country, um, which I fully intend to do. Um, but it, I'm, I definitely get that kind of reminiscence of Papers, Please, so it'll be interesting, but the uh, ensuing controversy around it will be even more interesting. I fully expect at least three tweets from uh, President Trump on the subject matter. <laughs> yeah, something tells me that's not going to fly under his radar. <laughs> <laughs> but the liberal it, media is putting out a video game about fake news. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Next on Fox News. Uh, no, but so I think it's a really interesting area. And obviously the main point is it's at the time that it's coming out is such a big kind of staple on the fake news community. But I think it's just a fun game in general, mainly for the reason that Alex pointed out is I want to see what can really happen based on their concept of changing up the news or, you know, trying to change the world based on the news. Um, it's very obvious that news does have an effect on a lot of people and society in general. So I just want to see how crazy this will get or what, you know, what kind of extremities uh, are being shown from this um in general just the fact from that trailer it looked insane there were like aliens drones flying around things exploding all just because you're putting out a news article so uh really just interested to see how extreme this will go i'm pretty sure you could do some crazy shit there is it's interesting i love that it's basically like a ruin the country simulator by just like <laughs> submitting fake or just biased news that's it's really interesting to me i'm i'm excited to see how it goes it seems more like a point and click adventure uh which i am a fan of i don't know necessarily if i'm gonna pick it up um but it seems really exciting i i really hope some people pick it up it yeah i covered it i i'm not gonna say it seems exciting twice in the same sentence <laughs> is this is this only for for pc correct this is just off of steam at the moment yeah it seems like it's only on steam i didn't see anything for switch or for ps4 um but a nice thing about this podcast is if you guys want to know um basically indie games that are coming out each week because this is a weekly podcast uh we will 
give you a nice little recap near the end. So if it comes up to October 23rd and uh, it tells me it's on Switch, PS4, or Xbox One, I will make sure to let everybody know. <laughs> That's what'll be nice. Everyone talks about uh, how hard it is to find indie games because games come out, like, there's 17, 30 games, whatever, comes out each day. And I feel like this podcast is going to help you kind of sort through those in a way because you're like, oh, what indie games specifically came out. So yeah, this, I'm, I'm excited about the list that I'm going to read in a while. Make sure to, to listen till the end, you know? It's it's very important. Otherwise, you won't know. You won't get that indie game fix. <laughs> That's so true. If you just get sick of our opinions, don't just <laughs> skip to the end or leave. Just sit through it and, and, and wait for that uh, sweet, sweet release, I guess. <laughs> wait, what are we doing? So, prostitution. Don't worry about it. It's cool. <laughs> This took a turn. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> Actually, it was deep in the terms and conditions. She definitely did sign up for it. You just didn't know. Damn it. No one reads those. Yeah, it's not my <laughs> fault that you just scrolled through it and clicked X. This definitely seems like a personal problem. <laughs> so our next news story is a sad one, admittedly. Um, I didn't know where to put this necessarily on the dock, just specifically because of what it is, especially with the uh, recent news of all the Telltale layoffs, um, among other companies laying off. Uh, but we're over on Game Informer, uh, this written by Iron Khan, Im- Imran Khan. I'm 100% sure I just said that wrong at least three times, even though I only said it twice. Uh, There's major layoffs at indie fighting game Icons developer Wave Dash. So I actually didn't know anything about this game, um, but apparently it's being made by a bunch of Super Smash Bros. Melee players, uh, or at least it's very much inspired by Super Smash Bros. Melee, and it looks a lot like it. Um, And it seems like the company is somewhat uncertain about the future of the game because of these layoffs and such. It seems like they're going to be trying to put it out uh, fairly... They're going to try to be putting it out soon, uh, but they don't necessarily know if it's going to be the the finished product that everybody hoped it was going to be, which definitely sucks. Um, I, I hate to hear that from anybody. Layoffs, let alone, like, games not being able to be finished and... Uh, become a, a whole product specifically because of them really really sucks yeah i agree i mean this is it's obviously bad timing especially with all the layoffs that are happening in general right now but there's never a good time for layoffs um but i've never heard of that this game before reading this article um i dug a little deeper just to go through some of the steam uh, reviews some of the actual articles in there and it seems like they've had a lot of issues um, from a company wide stance in general based on the reviews obviously take those with a grain of salt um, but I haven't had a chance to actually try this game out uh, personally I wasn't the biggest fan of melee uh, just because it is insanely fast um, and I liked it a little bit slower in the uh next iterations from the super smash brothers series but in general it looks very close to what you would get from a super smash brothers gameplay wise the same type of you know final destination maps uh each of those characters just trying to force each one off um it looks like an interesting game and i believe it is out right now just in early access mode um 
but for the most part, um, I don't know really what will happen to this based on that. Maybe it'll get more, you know, more hype just because it's coming out in the layoffs. Um, really not sure. I I didn't know about this game before this article personally, um, but I'm in that same kind of vein of I was not the biggest fan of Melee because of the speed and also because it caused a lot of fights growing up. Um, it, that, that was not a particularly uh, enjoyable aspect of the experience. Um, but as you said, it is always sad to see any company uh, have to go under like this. Um, with that in mind, it does look like it's more positive than the Telltale news. Um, this doesn't appear to be because of management. It doesn't seem like the employees were overworked, but we'll probably have to do a follow-up on this once we can get in contact with some of those employees that are being laid off to really understand the work environment and and to get deeper into why this is happening um, because there's definitely a trend here and in a weird way thankfully it is not part of the ea buying a studio and shutting it down trend um so i think that there's a lesson to be learned here for other developers and i'm really curious to see what that is um i'll try to reach out to some of the devs on the team in the next week here and see if we can get a, a an official response or at least some of their thoughts on the matter it seems like within this week we should be hearing something about it uh from what i understand the devs said they're going to actually be putting out somewhat of a press release uh you can actually play Icons Combat Arena on Steam. It's free to play at the moment. You just have to click install, which is pretty interesting. It does, yeah. The recent reviews are mostly negative. All reviews seem to be pretty mixed. Um, I, myself, am not a fighting game player in general. It comes down to the the same reason I don't like the, the Souls-like games is because I just I really suck at them. And it's hard to enjoy a game that you just suck so much ass at. Uh, but, yeah, I just get stomped every time. Like, I played... Uh, I actually enjoyed Injustice for a while because I'm somewhat of a DC fanboy. Um, or at least I was for a while. And I played my friend, and he played Solomon Grundy and just kept hitting me with a tombstone until I lost. And I was like, wow. I hate fighting games. That's that's when it <laughs> truly like it came to me. I was like, "Wow, I hate fighting games so much." <laughs> Just because you could say that my friends ruined them for me, but yeah, I actually have been wanting to check out. I don't know if you guys have uh, seen anything on it. It's somewhat of a similar like Smash Bros. like, um, but it is Brawl Out. It got, I think, mixed reviews, uh, but it includes characters from like a bunch of different indie games that actually there's several uh fighting games that do that but my favorite was actually the inclusion of the drifter from hyperlight drifter which i thought was really cool uh but i have yet to pick it up it is uh, has a physical release on the switch and you can pick it up digitally obviously if you wanted to but that's just kind of a weird side to <laughs> this news story <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a fighting game guy. I wish I was, and I wish I was good at them, but I'm just not. Just terrible in general. <laughs> uh, I think that's fair. A lot of the fighting games uh, do have a very high skill cap, and when you're playing with anybody who's played more of them, it's just unpleasant, to say the least. Um, but... Uh, 
I don't know. Uh, Brawlout, I saw a little bit from the Dunkey video that he did, and it just seems like there's too much going on. There's too many combos to know and everything, so I'm just excited for Smash Ultimate right now. That's where I'm going to leave that. Isn't it kind of weird that now games have become a little bit more complex and we like we we kind of hate it in a way like uh, hearing people talk about first uh, laying their eyes on like Street Fighter for the first time and figuring out that you could actually do combos without it ever telling you that you could do combos. And there's just a shit ton of combos in that. People loved that. But now when there's like a decent amount of combos in a game, people are like, this is too much. I don't like it. This is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've just found that really odd. At least recently, it seems like uh, people are wanting games to be a little bit more dumbed down. But yeah, I'm one of those people. I, I suck at games and I want them to be easy. <laughs> I was super stoked when uh, Heart Machine put a difficulty setting in Hyper Light Drifter. I was like, sweet. Now I can just put it on easy and not have to worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, for me, I don't know. It's it's such such a different feeling because and I think it's just me getting older and me getting lazier with my time investment. Because when I used to play video games, I would always put it on the hardest difficulty. I would always push myself. I would always make sure. And part of it was because I was kind of an achievement whore. Um, but now every game that I pick up, I always I have the same feeling where I look at it and I'm like, I should put it on the hard mode. And then I like take a second to think about it. And I'm like. I don't want to go through that shit. And I just end up putting it on usually like normal or whatever is, is you know, the not going to give me uh, rage mode. That baby ass baby mode in, yeah. uh, in, in Wolfenstein. That's by far one of my favorite things ever is a developer making fun of you because you're doing the easy. You chose the easy difficulty. They're like, bitch. <laughs> I wish more developers I, honestly, did it. They're so good at that, and I mean, I don't know if you guys played much of it, but the 2016 Doom release, on normal, it's a good challenge. It's not too much. If you play on easy, they make fun of you for it, and you deserve it. <laughs> and when you play on Nightmare, it's awful. It's it's just so obnoxious trying to get through, because the enemies don't change all that much. Just every pickup is one armor, or like four health. So it's just such a struggle Ugh. And once you get to the end of it, they're like all passive aggressive. They're like, "You're cool. You beat it on nightmare. Ooh, whoop de doo." <laughs> they're just like a douche either way. It's like they beat it on yep. normal, so that's where it should be played. Yep. <laughs> so for our next story, once again over on Game Informer, and actually this one's written by Iram Khan as well. Okay, there's the third time I probably said it wrong. Uh, is overtook. Overcooked 2 gets sunny side... Oh my god. Can I just read for 10 fucking seconds? Jeez. Overcooked 2 gets Sunny Island DLC now available. So, did you guys happen to, to pick up Overcooked uh, ever? So, I've played the first one. I unfortunately have not gotten a chance to try the second one. But I loved my time with the first one. It's such a good game. Especially if you have a big group of people. Um, and the game does a great job of the more people you put into the game, it just becomes a more chaotic mess. Um, I was looking at this article and some of the things that they've added, and I really like the fact that this game, what they're doing is, it's pretty much, you know, Overcooked 1, Overcooked 2, 
from what I've seen, it looks still very similar in the aspect of what you're trying to accomplish, obviously just because you're cooking stuff, but the way they're taking elements in the game and just adding so many variables to it is really incredible the way they're doing that like one of the things in this this new dlc was that you have a super soaker to wash dishes from across the room which i think is hilarious or you just squirt the yeah, shit I... out of your friends no big deal <laughs> self-sabotage i did not yes yes always self-sabotage um i didn't play the first i haven't picked up the second but i'm always on the lookout for good couch co-op games um, and given the low price, I mean, it's what, six bucks for the DLC? And I imagine it's not a terribly expensive game to begin with. It doesn't look like a $60 game, which I always love. Um, I might end up picking this up with the DLC, um, mainly to piss off my friends and, and, and self-sabotage our, our mission. Um, but, I mean, the only Sunny Island DLC that I want right now is Super Mario Sunshine DLC for super mario odyssey and it's never gonna happen now i'm aware of that you're like kind I've of obsessed with getting into fights with your friends aren't you i'm starting to think that you like a run bit. a fight club or something in your garage you just punch the shit out of each other who told you i need to punish them that's a good point yeah you don't you don't talk about fight club I, i've heard that somewhere i don't know where it's the first and second rule of something that i'm not allowed to talk about <laughs> And they're like, wait, what? And you're just like, yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As an update, Overcooked 2 is only $24.99. Oof. 32 bucks for a great couch co-op experience. That is something I can get behind. It looks like it's actually it's not called the Sunny Island DLC, which is kind of off-putting. It's called the Surf and Turf <laughs> DLC, uh, which includes 12 uh. new story levels, uh, new menu items like skewers, smoothies, and a water pistol. And there you go. There's your water pistol. Uh, you get to play as uh, three new chefs. And, yeah, you, you get to do all sorts of cool stuff. For $5.99, that's pretty sweet. Most DLC costs a lot, like an arm and a leg. I mean, not all of it, but it definitely is like, is it worth it to to buy DLC these days? But I don't know. Overcooked, I've heard great things about it. I haven't played either because uh, I'm a loner and I just like to play games by myself. <laughs> Over the past like week while playing this amazing indie game called Skyrim, you guys should check it out. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, I, I have my friends, including my roommate, asking me to play Friday the 13th over and over again, and I refuse to because... I didn't want to play games with people. <laughs> it's a self-imposed uh, isolation. That's that's what my life is. No big deal. <laughs> and just to uh, to have a quick little sidebar here, for anyone who doesn't know, Friday the 13th, the game is available for free right now on PS4 with the PS Plus. Um, I do have some more friends myself hassling me to play it, and I'll probably end up getting that after I get Laser League to make John happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure John would just fire you if you didn't bring up Laser League <laughs> at least once in this podcast. He'd be like, wait, what? Oh, I didn't hear late. Okay, yeah, no, you're done. Get out. Pat He's got to be a shareholder. Yeah. <laughs> He has to be something, I swear. He talks about Laser League every day. If you guys don't know who John is, uh, John is actually the founder of Parallax Media. He's the reason that we're doing this podcast uh, because he's holding us at gunpoint. 
Yeah, we're all in, <laughs> in different locations, but he actually is holding us at gunpoint, making us talk about Laser League. Whole yeah. podcast was actually secretly about Laser League. No big deal. It's uh, pretty impressive. Now on to our Laser League Play of the Week. <laughs> <laughs> so for our next story, we are over on Twinfinite. Uh, this one written by Bogdan Robert Mates. I just, I'm not going to... I'm not going to say anything about his name. Uh, Indie Metroidvania Chasm launches on the Nintendo Switch next week. Uh, spoiler, this is definitely going to come up in our what games are coming out this week section of the, the podcast. Um, did you guys play Chasm at all? It's it's set to release for the Nintendo Switch on October 11th. Uh, it was rumored to have uh, come to Switch. It was actually, I think, a stretch goal during their... Um, Kickstarter. It originally came to PS4 and PS Vita earlier this year. Also PC as well. Um, and they teased a Nintendo Switch version uh, which they had not said anything about until recently, which was the release date, October 11th. I have yet to pick it up um, and I can't say now that it's coming to the Nintendo Switch, I'm going to. I was like super super stoked for Chasm. I waited years for it. Um, and then when it came out, I feel like it was it was kind of one of those casualties of a shitload of games coming out near the same time uh, because not only did I have other games to play that I needed to review, but we had a bunch of other indie games come out uh, like Death's Gambit came out around the same time, which I was planning on getting. Um, so yeah, uh, have you guys played Chasm at all? I have not, uh, but it's pretty much in... I'm surprised I didn't hear about this, actually, because it's the type of game that I generally will play of, you know, RNG-generated maps and dungeon crawling. One of my favorites is actually Spelunky, um, which is an amazing game that everyone should play. But this kind of feels about the same. The one thing... I, I watched a couple videos of it last night just to see kind of how the game looked and felt. Um overall the visual style of it looks kind of nice but it, it looked like and i'm i'm probably still gonna pick it up but it looked like it, it it just feels clunky um in certain aspects i was watching someone fight and the fighting style to it just felt very very stone-esque uh, i don't know if that's really a great way to put it but it just seems very slow and it's one of those type of games where for me I, i'm a big thing where uh, i'm a big advocate of just fluid motion in video games uh, it's one of the reasons why i never could get into the resident evil series um is just because i i need that fluid motion um that being said, it still looks really interesting, and I definitely still want to pick it up just because I think it has potential. Um, but I had not heard of it before this. Um, I have heard of it. I'd heard mixed things. Um, a lot of comments about the combat, like you were saying. I don't know if it's going to be one that I pick up, mainly because I still have my sights set on Dead Cells right now. Oh, and you um, should get Dead and Cells. And that's... Uh, yeah. No, 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 uh, no mean of disrespect to Chasm, but Dead Cells is an amazing game. That was so disrespectful. I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> How dare you bring up we are never... another game in this indie games podcast other than Chasm and or Laser League. <laughs> well, we are I mean, never getting the, the Chasm devs <laughs> ever. They're just like, oh, you, you want me to come on your podcast? Oh, you know who you should really have on your podcast? 
the guys <laughs> who made uh, Dead Cells. Yeah, they they really cool guys. You know, just eat, eat shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, d I deserve that i'll take full responsibility for that one um but I'm, I'm a little bit picky with my metroidvanias and if the combat is not going to be quick um i'm just i'm gonna buy it and then it's gonna sit in my library for years when i i'll download it once a year try to play it and not be able to get through it um so it's nothing against them it's just i'm on a limited budget here so I, I think it looks interesting. The art style is fantastic. I love the pixel art, and it looks like they put a lot of time and, and care into their art direction. Um, but unless it goes on sale, I doubt I'll be picking it up. You guys suck. That's <laughs> all <laughs> so I have to say about I'll that. I'll be getting Laser League. <laughs> yeah, make sure you download it. It's free. PlayStation Plus. Uh, make sure you get it. You play it a lot. I'm definitely not being forced to say this girl yeah i was i was super stoked for chasm uh it currently at least for the pc version has a 70 uh 70 on metacritic with a user score of 6.0 i i'm not like a real ratings whore so i i think i'm gonna pick it up uh either way i just haven't yet i was really excited about it for a long time you can actually even check out I did a feature on it um, when I first started writing for Parallax. You guys can check it out on Parallax Media, the website that we do this for. Um, but, yeah, I was really excited for it. And it just kind of came and went. Um, a lot of people, it seemed like, in the industry were excited about it. And it just it didn't set the world on fire. And as many people have said, uh, there's just no room for good games anymore. It has to be great or it has to be even better than that because at the moment there's just way too much to play it's it's ridiculous that's that's my yeah thoughts. i mean <laughs> you you look at like the ps2 era and there were so many just good games they weren't all great by any means they were there were a lot of good games though and that gave you variety i mean you could go from one good game to the next and you'd remember them because they they were there but with this digital era, any games that are good just get swept under the rug or buried in a, a library of games that's on your console that you never end up seeing. So I, I'm not going to write it off completely, like I said, but it's going to be one that's a little bit lower on my must-buy list. That's why I buy games physically. I just see them on the wall. I'm like, man, that's a pretty game. Never going to play it, but I really like to look at it. <laughs> I seriously have an entire shelf of, now that you mention it, PS2 games that I have not played. <laughs> I ha I actually bought them before I had a PS2 because I am I really like cover art. I, I realize that I buy games for cover art. It's, it's a weird addiction. Uh, so once again, over on Twinfinite, our next story, and I'm 100% certain... That these are now fake names. Is Smurfy McGee. This is written by Smurfy McGee over on Twinfinite. Uh, Stardew Valley multiplayer update for Switch is complete now in QA testing. So, it's, yeah, it's kind of all in the headline. Uh, it, it's currently in testing. They're going. They don't know necessarily when they're going to roll it out, but it will be rolling out soon. It seems over on the Switch. Uh, I honestly, I didn't get into Stardew Valley. Um, I think the the story of how it was created is amazing. It's just a 
guy who barely had a social life for like five years because he was creating this great game a lot of people really really like it but you guys want to hear something really petty the reason i won't play stardew valley you guys want to hear of course yeah you guys are about to lose some respect for me is it because it's not laser league it is actually yeah yeah that's a good reason uh, why john john i made the quota you can you can put the gun away we talked about laser league at least 20 times in this podcast no it's because when you use items you push them over your head and i think that's so annoying <laughs> so when you use like i've i've seen footage of it and when you use pickaxes and such you your arms they might move but they move in the weirdest fucking ways. And it really <laughs> bothers me. And that is the petty uh, reason that I will never play Stardew Valley. <laughs> Plus, I just, I'm not very I mean, good at farming simulators. So. <laughs> I, I got to respect the conviction there. You, you have, you have really, for one reason, just dug in wholeheartedly. And I can't disrespect that. I can never play this game now, actually. I hope this podcast gets big, specifically just to keep me from ever playing Stardew Valley. Because they'll be like, hey, bitch, guess what? If they still swing the pickaxes in weird ways, you can't play it. What can't, if they patch can't... the game specifically for you? And there's no more pickaxes <laughs> swinging over the head? <laughs> yeah, they just do it to the side now or something. I mean, man, if they love me so much that they're going to do that. I probably still won't play it because I'm not good at farming simulators. <laughs> <laughs> this right. podcast has slowly devolved into a list of video games that I'm not good at. <laughs> oh, Have you guys played Stardew Valley at all? Are you excited to play it with friends just in general? Are you excited to kill those slimes and, and tunnels and maybe romance your friends? Get down and dirty, you know, how it happens in Stardew Valley? As uh. As alluring as that sounds. Uh, no, actually, I was never a fan of Stardew Valley. I just I couldn't get into it. I don't know. Those type of games, generally, I'm not just a big fan of because they have a much slower pace. Um, but I didn't give it much thought. Uh, one, one main reason is just because it is a single-player kind of thing. So maybe with this expansion of it being something I can pick up and have an actual friend with me join. Um, you know, maybe this is something that I would consider, but from a, just a single player aspect, I never was big into it. Are you sure the reason that you didn't play it isn't? It's definitely not the pickaxes. <laughs> definitely not the pickaxes. You're lying. Right. Maybe a it little. It bothers everybody. I know it does. <laughs> um. I myself haven't played it. If it offers like a couch co-op version, I think it'd be a lot of fun to play with the girlfriend. But otherwise, I just I can't I can't get into it. I'm still holding out for Animal Crossing. That's my kind of version of that game that I can really get behind. And uh, I don't know it, the pickaxes, man. I don't get it. Why would why would you swing a hatchet over your head to cut down a tree? It doesn't make any sense. This is just horseshit. I can't believe that that exists. <laughs> um, for our next news story, it looks like we're heading over to IGN. This one's uh, Guacamelee coming, 
Guacamelee coming to the Switch. One is out, and two is coming later in December. Now, I'm going to tell you guys right now, because you're probably super confused, is why I skipped an episode, a little bit of behind the show. Uh, why I skipped one, it's because uh, the link took me to, like, a Patreon, and I thought that was weird. And I was like, I don't know what to get from this, so I'm going to move on. But I'm excited. Guacamelee, everybody, like seems to think it's amazing um i have not played it even though i actually have it which is just the story of my life and uh both coming to the switch i would like to say that that's going to make me play them hopefully i'm gonna cross my fingers that eventually i'll take a road trip long enough that i actually play guacamelee one and two have you guys played them so i played the first one uh, i played it back on pc way back when it first came out uh it's a lot of fun it's a really tight metroidvania uh the controls to it are really nice uh same you know general concept of leveling up powering up getting new abilities going to different areas uh but it has this you know the the whole luchadora aspect to it um pretty funny uh, in a lot of ways and just a, a very different uh environment to be in and to act out but in general it, it was really good i never played the second one but um since i became such a big fan of the switch uh when that does come out i might end up picking that up and playing it there um i have to agree with that i i played it on the pc i won't buy the first one i won't jump on it right away or anything because i've played it before um but if there's a bundle that's on sale around the holidays, I'll probably pick it up because that's another great couch co-op game. It's really entertaining to play that with a friend. Um, and it is a fantastic game. But that first one, I, I always thought it was kind of interesting uh, playing it each year after release. Um, a lot of the billboards and stuff are memes that have become long dead by now. So you kind of get this weird... Uh, it's like a meme time capsule. Like, you're like what yeah it's a meme time capsule you're like wait rage wolf i forgot about that guy so it's it's a really interesting game from that standpoint but easily some of the most smooth combat and and entertaining boss battles that i've had in a game like that in a long time yeah i wish i had something intelligent to say about guacamelee but i haven't played it (laughs) (laughs) that's okay you will soon I th- yeah, right? Yes. It's coming to the Switch, guys. And here's the caveat. They don't he doesn't uh do weird shit over his head. That's the that's the real thing. I mean, do you that's really know that though? Shit. <laughs> you make a good point. I'm looking at screenshots right now and it definitely seems like they're doing some weird ass shit. And it yeah, it looks really odd. So Guacamelee 1 is currently available on the Nintendo Switch. You guys can go out and play that uh, unless your name is Alex and you don't want to play it again because it's a time capsule of dead memes. Um, And uh, Guacamelee 2 does not yet have a release date coming to the Nintendo Switch. It did release on August 23rd, I believe, on uh, at the very least PS4. Um, I'm assuming PC and Xbox One have it as well. If not, you can just not at me on twitter or anything like that just please don't do that um (laughs) yeah and it's coming to the nintendo switch later this year so i mean maybe that'll be a time when there's not a buttload of games to play at the moment but i somewhat doubt it considering red dead's coming out and i am gonna play that a lot just this little indie game guys it's called red dead redemption 2 it's coming out soon you guys check it out it's really cool 
Have you guys heard about it before? I bet you haven't. It's so deep and dark into the indie game scene. I've never heard of it, ever. I certainly don't have friends who have been pestering me to pre-order it. I don't know what you're talking about. I can't believe your friends know about it. This is like some dark web shit right here, dude. This is crazy. Uh, so for our next story, we are over on IGN. Once again, an article that really doesn't need anything because it's not an article. Uh, it's basically just the announcement of the release date for Save Me, Mr. Taco. Um, and there's a subtitle there that I just, I really, it's like, I'm, I'm just not going to read it because I can't read it. So yeah, that's that's also what this podcast is about. Me not being able to read shit. Uh, but it got a release date for October 30th, 2018. Uh, Save Me Mr. Taco is a blast from the portable gaming past. Mr. Taco will solve puzzles, explore mysterious dungeons, and fight tenacious bosses. Sorry, for, for some reason I read the t- word tenacious and thought tentacle, and I was like, tentacle bosses? Ah, it's because he's an octopus. Got it. I think it looks amazing. Uh, it has an amazing like retro aesthetic. It's supposed to look very much like the uh, the original Game Boy, which I think is super super cool. Um, I've been keeping an eye on it for a while, and uh, one of our editors really wanted me to talk about it, so we're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> but it also looks really cool, and it wasn't John, so don't worry about it, guys. It's cool. No so how do you guys feel time. about Save Me, Mr. Taco? You guys uh, check out anything on it? Um, I watched the trailer, and it, it looks absolutely adorable. Um, it reminds me so much of the Octorok from uh, Legend of Zelda series. Um, and I, I'd love a chance to play as the Octorok, which, I mean, it looks just like it. You spit, what is it, seeds or bullets? I don't think it's really specified what he's shooting in the trailer. I'm assuming it's ink, um, but that's probably a real leap in logic. Ooh, <laughs> no, balls of ink. That makes sense. I like that. Um, I think it looks great as long as it's uh, smooth. I, I honestly don't want to have to deal with the Game Boy style. You get to the end of the screen and then everything shifts. That's the only thing that's going to kill it for me. That and if he does weird shit over his head. Those are the only but, two. Dude, we're freaking two birds of a feather right here. That's that's how that goes, right? We're, but. We're two branches of the same tree. There is a difficulty setting in it. Oh, shit. Ooh. I could play it on easy? You could play it on easy If it makes fun of me, though, standard. I'm going to lose my shit. Uh, I don't know, man. He might shoot ink at you. Who knows? Does it have a nightmare mode, though? That's the real question that makes fun of you if you beat it because they're kind of passive-aggressive. Do you know? Uh, looks like this screenshot is only showing easy and standard. Man, no nightmare mode. That's... Yeah, we'll see. It's a deal breaker for me. I don't know if I could do that. Who knows? Maybe when you beat standard, though, it'll have nightmare. That's so true. I will say, I've actually... I thought that was really cool that a couple of games nowadays that they actually, like... I think uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, maybe, or it's it's either that or The Witcher 3 requires you to actually beat it on hard before you can unlock the Nightmare difficulty because they're like, you're going to fucking hate this game, dude. You're just going to hate it so much. Just don't play that one. I agree. make sure... I agree and disagree with that, though, in some senses. Because, like, if it's a game you've played before, like, the same concept or style, and you want to just rush to being, like, I want the harder version, it kind of sucks that they limit you in that way. 
That's true. That's very true. But well said. To each his own, I guess. Any thoughts on this uh, difficulty settings stuff? This interesting topic, Alex. Um, I I do have some thoughts on that, and uh, I I wrote a little bit of an article about it not too long ago, but. When it comes to the inclusion of difficulty modes, I think there's a fine line. I think you have something like uh, Uncharted 4, where you do have to beat it on, I think it's hard before you get the crushing mode, where that I can understand because you start, you, you learn the rhythms of the game. You know when your firefights are gonna be, you can kind of scout out the area first. Um, with something like The Witcher, which I haven't played, it seems more like an RPG where you have different opportunities to do things. And I worry that a nightmare mode or an ultra hard mode just means there's going to be more grinding. Um, and I don't have the experience with The Witcher to say that one way or the other, but I know that with a lot of games, they just make the hardest difficulty setting incredibly grindy to where you just have to kill the most menial shit for 20 minutes to beat the first major uh enemy or the major boss so i don't enjoy that as much but i do think having it as an option right off the bat for those sadistic people (laughs) is fair i think it's it's acceptable to do that because they're gonna get there anyways i mean these are the people that are gonna play dark souls on a goddamn dj hero controller if anyone remembers that game existing that's so freaking cool Um, I can't believe that people do that. Or there's a guy who played it with bananas. Yeah, I don't understand it at all. I would never do that myself. But you're damn right I'll watch his Twitch stream of that. Yeah, if you watch any guy beat a game with bananas, it doesn't matter what game it is. It could be a Dora the Explorer game. If he plays it with a banana as a controller, I'm going to watch that shit. That's sweet. That's. I, I have to actually politely disagree i think it does matter what game if you're playing a game with bananas it better be a donkey kong game that's all i have to say on the matter i'm just not gonna say anything about that (laughs) we're gonna move on to the next story that's how i feel about that conversation uh we're over on kotaku this is gonna be our last story for today and it is a biggie uh this is uh i really hate that they like they do sources or like they have this weird piece of their titles over on Kotaku, but this is sources. Uh, Microsoft is close to buying Obsidian. So if you guys aren't aware who Obsidian is, uh, they are the developer uh, behind games like Knights of the Old Republic 2, uh, Fallout New Vegas, and I believe most recently uh, they actually put out Pillars of Eternity, which is really, really sweet. Um, and it seems like Microsoft is in the talks uh, is in talks to purchasing them. Uh, supposedly it's about 90% finished and uh, a second the first person quoted saying that it, it was 90% finished. The second person quoted saying it's a matter of when, not if. So we had a brief conversation about this off of the podcast um it doesn't seem like any of us are i can't say that we're not excited but i think we're all uh we're weary we we're afraid to see what happens but i'd like to say that i'm excited to see what happens um i yeah that's that's where i'm gonna go with that how do you guys feel about it go ahead josh uh okay so one of the things that we talked about off the air was um 
the main part of, you know, where is this going to lie as far as is this going to be Xbox exclusive type games, which me being a person who mainly plays on PC a lot, I'm fine with that just because I'll get that anyway. Uh, and I don't need to be a part of the console, but it is something that people from, you know, the, the PlayStation side, from the Nintendo side are going to have to worry because they might not get any of these really cool games that are coming out. That being said, the company has struggled in the past. So I'm super excited to see more games like Pillars of Eternity, like, uh, you know, uh, the, the great stuff that they do, but with a company like, you know, Microsoft, someone who has the type of money to create AAA titles, uh, I can't wait to see what that looks like uh, if this is a thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm on I'm on the other side of this. I'm on a PS4. I'm on a Switch. Um, it, it saddens me the idea of Obsidian going Xbox exclusive, but for them as a company, I'm happy for them because they deserve to have that kind of backing. They've made great things in the past and. Fallout New Vegas is hands down probably my favorite out of the Fallout series and in my top five favorite RPGs of all time. It's a fantastic game, so well done. Um, Knights of the Old Republic 2 is an absolute classic, and I'd love for them to be able to make that kind of stuff with the budget that they need to do it to the best of their abilities, um, but I know I wouldn't be participating in that. So I'm saddened by my uh it's not really an exclusion i guess because that's just what they have to do to be a company but i'm happy for them because it's going to make a lot of great games happen i don't doubt that at all once again it might even make me pick up an xbox one once again this is just speculation uh, it's not necessarily confirmed but apparently 90 percent finished which is so weird i i what does that even I'm gonna mean I how don't do you, know. How do you quantify yeah. that? Supposedly, it's like the knowledge of the deal is 90% finished. It's like, mm, how, <laughs> how'd you get that? Are you sure it's not 91% finished or maybe 79% finished? Like, I don't believe you on that specific, uh, that specific amount. I will say right now, I think I just fell in love with Alex because he said he likes Fallout New Vegas. And I fucking love Fallout New Vegas. <laughs> Fallout New Vegas and not having weird shit going on over our heads. We're, we're soulmates. Dude, ever, it, uh, okay, so a little bit of background on me. I worked at GameStop for three years as an assistant store manager. Please hate me for that, by the way. Yeah, just feel free to send me death threats because I worked at GameStop. It's really going to help me. Um but I consistently would sell Fallout New Vegas to people and uh, because they played Fallout 3 and they'd come in, they'd try to bring it back and they'd be like, hey, dude, I, I, I watched some reviews on this. I didn't play it, but I watched some reviews and it, it said the color palette was really dull and it's just a bunch of grounds, browns and, and, uh, and tans. And I was like, hey, have you ever been to a desert? Guess what? It's freaking brown and tan. What do you think it is? I don't understand that. Like, people specifically wouldn't play it because it's brown and tan. And I was like, I don't understand that, but okay. But I guess I'm the guy who won't play a video game because they swing pickaxes weird. So <laughs> I can't exactly, like, those in glass houses, you know? Like, I shouldn't oh, be throwing man. stones at people. 
but I, I'm excited to see what comes out of this deal, uh, if it happens, or I guess when it happens, because it's not a question of if, it's when. I'm excited to see what happens. I'm, I'm hoping we're going to get, uh, obviously I'm hoping we're going to get more uh, sweet RPGs like Pillars of Eternity, like Fallout New Vegas, or uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2. I'm just, yeah, I'm somewhat wary. Uh, the I mean, with recent news of uh, of the whole, like, streaming service, uh, the the new... It's not called Project Scarlet anymore. It's called something else, I guess, uh, with Microsoft. It's it's a big story, but we did not include it today. That's... that's Yeah, that's a thing. Um, You're talking about xCloud? Yes, xCloud. Uh, with xCloud, it seems like it might be easier to play these games. Uh, eventually, it might be easier to play them just anywhere um let alone the the play anywhere initiative where i know you josh specifically you play a lot of games on pc um so you could play like microsoft exclusive games on your pc um but alex has a shitty one so he can't do that yeah he can't play games on his pc he's got to buy an xbox this is this is why i fight with my friends man they get to play all the good shit <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. That rounds out the news for today. Uh, I actually really enjoyed that news. I mean, we had some sad news. We had some some salty news. Uh, I guess I don't. I don't really know what that means. Um, <laughs> but now we're moving on to the longest freaking list I'm about to read. Are you guys ready for this? Because you you should really be ready for this. Are you guys ready? Woo! Let me brace myself. I'm ready. Did you, did you what like? Did you, what did you do? I'm holding onto the couch oh, tightly. All right, he's braced. That's interesting. I imagined him like having a seat that just had a seat belt that he just like slowly <laughs> put on. He's like, "Trust me, this isn't my first time bracing myself." We should this get is. We should get parallax uh, seat belts for this show. Just so we can brace just so ourselves. Just so we can brace ourselves. Yeah, for every time we do this and unveil it. Get ready for this list, guys, because it's. I'm gonna tell you right now, it's not complete. I know that for a fact. But it's a whole shitload of indie games coming to different consoles. Uh, so these are all coming out this week. With my mush mouth that I've had today, I'm not super excited to read this. But yeah, this is this is going to be fun. So we've got Bombing Busters coming to the N Nintendo Switch on October 8th. Evasion coming to PS4 on October 9th. Home Sweet Home coming to PSVR um, on October 9th. Mark of the Ninja Remaster coming to PS4, Xbox One, Windows PC, Switch uh, on October 9th. Memory of Us coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC on October 9th. That's a shitload of games coming on October 9th. Maybe there is like an issue with overcrowding. Uh, we've got Deployment coming to Xbox One on October 10th. Devious Dungeon coming to Xbox One on October 10th. Uh, Shift Happens, which is just an amazing title, coming to the Nintendo Switch on October 10th. Battle Group 2 coming to the Nintendo Switch on October 11th. Uh, Boom Ball Boost Edition coming to the Nintendo Switch on October 11th. Chasm, <laughs> told you guys it would come up. Chasm coming to the Nintendo <laughs> Switch on October 11th. Child of Light Ultimate Edition coming to the Nintendo Switch on October 11th. Uh, Dungeon Village coming to the Nintendo Switch on October 11th. Feral Fury on Switch on 11th. I need to just stop saying Switch. It's, yeah, Feral Fury is coming on October 11th. Game Dev Story Switch on October 11th. 
Hot Springs Story coming to the Switch on October 11th. Uh, Joggernauts coming to the Nintendo Switch on October 11th. This is getting real repetitive. <laughs> Spencer. Just, uh, should just categorize them next time to the device. Yeah, this would be much easier. I did them by date, but I did not do them by category. Uh, Spencer coming to the Xbox One on October 11th. The Swindle coming to Nintendo Switch on October 11th. Tricky Towers coming to the Switch on October 11th. And Guns and Gore and Cannoli. I I don't know why the word Cannoli is so hard to read. But uh, Guns, Gore, and Cannoli 2 coming to the Xbox One on October 12th. And that is the end of the releases coming out this week. Holy cow. That was a lot of releases. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised I got through that. I wasn't expecting to. I thought I was going to mess up Take way some deep more breaths. Times. Yeah, I'm just going to go pass out now. I'm just, I'm just I'm super <laughs> That's our first episode, guys. <laughs> just the, the, you, you end the episode because you're like, yeah, Vaughn didn't brace himself and uh, he oh. passed out. Yeah, he just fell out of his chair. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we need the seatbelts. Yeah, I'm going to tell John specifically. I'm like, dude, we need fucking seatbelts because this shit is getting real. Over on the Indie Incursions <laughs> podcast. So, do you guys have any work uh, that is coming up recently on uh, on Parallax or anything you guys have published recently? You want to give a quick shout out to? Go ahead, Alex. The silence is deafening. I, <laughs> I was waiting for Alex. Um, <laughs> it's it's a little bit of old news by this point, but I did do a write up on the Harry Potter leak that we had. Um, just a little bit of speculation uh, as to what is going to be in that game. Um, outside of that, I've got uh, another opinion piece that I can get going here in the next couple days. It's ready for editing uh, about body language in video games. I discuss God of War and uh, the 2016 release of Doom. Um, and then I will have a Soul Blight review uh, that's probably going to end up in opinion because I'm not writing it until I've beaten at least two of the bosses. Ooh. So that'll be ready in like six months. I love how you're so certain that you're not yeah. going to beat these bosses for you six are. months. You're so confident. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be more like eight. It's fine. Oh, yeah. You're probably right. I'll make sure to push that back on the content calendar just so I know I need to edit it in eight months. <laughs> Um, so from my side of things, uh, the last thing I did was actually a, uh, opinion slash review on, uh, a hat in time, the DLC that came out a while back, um, about a month ago now, uh, which was super good for the price of free. Um, however, it was only free for the day that it came out. So sorry if you're listening now, um, but it's still only five bucks and it has uh, a good amount of content up there. Um, and currently what I'm working on is that Wondersung review, a review for a game called CrossCode, uh, which is awesome and I'll probably talk about next week. Uh, and then also uh, Mario Party, uh, which that I have to set up a whole party thing with all my friends. So I'll have to get on that. I feel like you specifically brought up a hat in time so you could just be like, suck it, I got it for free. <laughs> i specifically the minute i found out i marked my calendar and i told my wife i was like you have to remind me i need to make sure i get this <laughs> that's a great idea i didn't know it was free uh for me the the most recent thing i put out uh in a while other than this podcast is my life is strange 2 episode 1 review just went up uh 
by the time this posts, it should be like two days ago or so. So uh, please go check that out. I loved the game. I The only thing, a little spoiler alert, one of the only things I didn't like about the game was there's like a scene where for some reason there's just this fucking stick stuck to one of the character models. It's like this beautiful sunset and then a stick. Like just <laughs> in the air. Just laying there. I was like, wow, this is annoying. I think my real issue with video games is just stuff suspending in midair. I think I really freaking hate it. I I'm surprised you play Skyrim. Oh, don't get me freaking started on shit that happens in Skyrim, dude. I'm not joking at all. Let me go on a little tangent on the end of this, because why not? I hate the collision fix uh, physics in Skyrim. The fact that I shoot a foot under a pillar and still somehow my freaking arrow hits a pillar is beyond me. I, it's It's just ridiculous. I can't deal with it. It pisses me off so much. I mean, what do you expect from this tiny little studio called uh, Bethesda? <laughs> I mean, they're just indie studio, you know? You just, you gotta accept that kind of thing. That's so true. I mean, they put so much time and effort into this, and I should just, I need to just be okay with the way it comes out and not critique it, especially because it's only like three or four people. I, I'll be so surprised if anybody actually even knows what I'm talking about. It's gonna be crazy. Uh, so... If people wanted to follow you guys outside of uh, the Parallax website, wh what are your guys' Twitter handles or just, I don't know, whatever people might follow? <laughs> um, Alex here. You can find me at uh, Philosogamer. It's misspelled, but I'm going to let you guys figure out how to spell it right. I don't want to spell it out right now. Um, or you can, of course, go to uh, the Parallax Media Twitter page and find me through there somehow. Um, I'm, I'm not going to make it easy. You guys have to do the work here. Come on. You're not going to get a lot of followers that way. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Next next episode, he's going to come and he's going to have like a piece of paper. The only thing he brought was how to spell his Twitter name. <laughs> Uh, if anyone's interested to find me, they can find me at the underscore Jorsh 90. So that's J-O-R-S-H 90. You made that so easy. I just might follow you. That's so uh, crazy. Yeah? God. I, I mean, if I had to... You're out here making me look like... If I had to go through any hoops to get to you, I definitely was not going to follow you, but you made it so easy. I can't believe it. Uh, for me, you can follow me at Hyde Legion. Uh, that's... Of course, the at sign, just in case you didn't know, he's going to type at or whatever. Uh, it's at an H-Y-D-E-L-E-G-I-O-N. Uh, it's because of my weird obsession with the character Legion from Mass Effect 2. So, yeah. You guys learned a decent amount about me today. Uh, I would honestly say this episode went well. How do you guys think it went? I think it was fun. Um I think that we discussed Laser League an adequate amount, and uh, I think you guys are making your Twitter handles too easy. Um, you you got to make it that nightmare mode for finding the Twitter handle, because that's when people are going to do it with a banana. It's, They're going to find my Twitter with a banana. It's got to be a freaking like, treasure hunt. It just has to be excessively yes. annoying. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but no, it was fun, and I, I look forward to doing this again next week. How about you, Josh? Any thoughts on how this went? Are you just going to be stoic for the rest of the podcast? <laughs> stoic as always. Uh, no, I think it went well. Um, I enjoyed it. 
I uh, definitely got to know about some of your crazy quirks, which was great. That's about it for the first episode of the Indie Incursions podcast. Uh, this is a Parallax Media podcast. Make sure to check out uh, the Parallax Media website. It should be parallaxmedia.1, I believe. Or you could just check out uh, the Parallax Media Twitter account and just find it that way. Or just follow any of us. We tweet a shitload about it. So, yeah, enjoy uh and also enjoy finding Alex's Twitter. That's about it for us today. Thank you guys so much for listening or watching, whatever you're doing. And I hope you guys have a great day. Woo! Bye. Take care.